Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wonderful episode of the Gospel According to the Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and this is my podcast where I read the Bible from cover to cover because all the other books are dumb, uh, which are not. Uh, thanks for listening. This is the review episode of Ezra, one of the shorter ones that I have read, probably the shortest book I've read so far of this particular Bible, and um, we're just going to kind of go back over it, uh, but meaning that we're going to go back over it with the help of other people. Uh, I went into insight.org, and that's pretty much what we're going to be reading from, because this uh, Chuck Swindle uh, person, uh, pastor, seems to, you know, have it all pretty much laid out, and uh, I'm admittedly a little lost, because, uh, meh. <laughs> um, so that's what I know. Anyway, business, you can send off an email at according to stupid gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at accord to stupid and the website, which you can find all this shit in the description, www.johnwatersvoiceover.com forward slash podcasts. If you guys are like, wait, I need to listen to the other ones, you can start listening to the first one and find where you really want to listen to it uh, at your uh, easiest convenience. Okay. Um, so we're in insight.org and we're got this guy here and, uh, it's broken down into sections of like sub stuff. So this should be pretty quick. If you're like, man, Ezra kind of sucks. I just want the fucking, you know, footnotes, which is fine. I get it. So, uh, we're going to start with who wrote this book. Uh, Jewish tradition has long attributed authorship of this historical book to the scribe and scholar Ezra, who led the second group of Jews returning from Babylon to Jerusalem. Ezra 7:11 to 26 Ezra 8 includes a first person reference oh so good implying the author's participation in the events he plays a major role in the second half of the book as well as in the book of Nehemiah its sequel oh cool that was my chair in the hebrew bible the two books are considered one work though some internal evidence suggests they were written separately and joined together in the hebrew canon and separated again in English traditions. Eh, we just can't keep something stay, you know, together. Ezra was a direct descendant of Aaron the chief priest, 7, 1 through 5. Thus he was a priest and scribe in his own right, I guess. His zeal for God and God's laws spurred Ezra to lead a group of Jews back to Israel during King Artaxerxes' reign over the Persian Empire, which had since replaced the Babylonian Empire that originally exiled the people of Judah. Take that, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, where are we? The book of Ezra records two separate time periods directly following the 70 years of Babylon captivity. Ezra 1 through 6 covers the first return of Jews from captivity, led by Zerubbabel. Really? A period of 23 years beginning with the Edict of Cyprus of Persia and ending at the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem, 538 to 515 BC, assuming that this timeline is right. Ezra 7 to 10 picks up the story more than 60 years later when Ezra led a second group of exiles to Israel, 458 BC. The book could not have been completed earlier than about 450 BC, the date of the events recorded in 1017. Okay, 10, 17 to 44, which, okay. Uh, the events of Ezra are set in Jerusalem and the surrounding area. The returning exiles were, to, were able to populate only a tiny portion of their former homeland. Okay, well, there we go. Why is Ezra so important? 
The book of Ezra provides a much-needed link in the historical record of the Israelite people. When their king was dethroned and captured and the people exiled to Babylon, Judah was an independent nation, and Judah as an independent nation ceased to exist. The book of Ezra provides an account of the Jews' regathering of their struggle to survive and rebuild what has been destroyed. Through his narrative, Ezra declared that they were still God's people and that God had not forgotten them. He clearly did. In the book of Ezra, we witness the rebuilding of the new temple, the unification of the returning tribes as they shared common struggles and were challenged to work together. Later, after the original remnant had stopped work on the city walls and spiritual apathy ruled, Ezra arrived with another 2,000 people. Did they say 2,000? I don't think he did and sparked a spiritual revival. By the end of the book, Israel had uh, renewed its covenant with God and had begun acting in obedience to him. Yeah, I guess. Ezra also contains one of the great intercessory prayers of the Bible, Ezra 9, 5-15. Okay, see Daniel 9 and Nehemiah 9 for others. Okay, now I'm curious. Uh, oh God, I'm utterly ashamed. I blush and lift not my face to you, for our sins are piled higher than our. Yeah, all right, that was a good one. Um, his leadership proved crucial to the Jews' spiritual advancement. Okay, what's the big idea? Ezra's narrative reveals two main issues faced by the returning exiles. One, the struggle to restore the temple, Ezra 1 1 to 6 and two, the need for spiritual reformation, 7 1 through 1044. Both were necessary in order for the people to renew their fellowship with the Lord. Okay, got it. A broader theological purpose is also revealed, is it? God keeps his promises. Uh, does he? Does he, though? Though uh, Through the prophets, God had ordained that his chosen people would return to their land after a 70-year exile. Did he, though? Ezra's account proclaims that God kept his word. Did he, though? And it shows that when God's people remained faithful to him, did they, though? He would continue to bless them. Does he, though? Hence, the book emphasizes the temple and proper worship, similar to Chronicles, which was also written during these days. Was it? I don't really buy it. But I understand the idea of we came back. God really wasn't, for those 70 years, he's like, I'm going to fuck off for a while. See you around. How do I apply this? Which is, I, I do enjoy these sort of things. Um, God moved the hearts of secular rulers, Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes. Well, Darius? Did he really move Darius? To allow, even encourage, and help the Jewish people to return home. He used these unlikely allies to fulfill his promise of restoration for his chosen people. Have you encountered unlikely sources of blessing? No. Have you wondered how God can really work all things together for the good of those who are called by his name? Uh, no. Romans 8.28, which I guess we're getting to eventually. Take time today to acknowledge God's sovereignty and mercy in your life. Oh, I, That was kind of the, the point of this book, I get. Recommit him to your, your trust, your love, and your obedience. And apparently if I don't, he'll just ignore me just as well as I ignore him. But even if I do probably serve him, he's probably going to ignore me because I still don't have a crown on my head. Which is fine, I guess. So there you have it, everybody. That was uh, That was an informative thing. You know, that was uh, the review of Ezra. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, later this week, we're going to be going into Nehemiah. Is that what it's called? Ne- Nehemiah. 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 Uh, that's what we're going to get into. And I have no idea what we're going to get into. But that one's also fairly short, about 13 chapters. 
and again, depending on how long or short they are, we might really plow through them. Or we might not. Who the fuck knows? Um, thank you for listening. Please share and love this with your other groups and things like that and be like, hey, check this fucker out. He's pretty funny. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, leave a copy or two at your nearest church to see what they think. Um, thank you so much. And you've been gospel to by the stupid.